Hi everyone, and welcome to the One Mind Meditation Podcast, where we demystify the topic of meditation and interview teachers, scientists, authors, and practitioners to explore the science, the different techniques, and the how-to meditation tips that can support your daily meditation practice. I'm Morgan Dix, and I've been meditating myself for 20 years, and... 15 of those I trained intensively in a spiritual ashram, so it's a real pleasure and a privilege to share my experience and knowledge with you. So thank you for being here wherever you are right now, running, walking, driving, maybe you're dangling your feet off a dock somewhere, maybe you're cooking dinner, maybe you're just sitting quietly. Thank you for listening. Today I am excited to share my interview with Hal Elrod, the author of a book that had a big impact on me about a year or so ago, The Miracle Morning. Hal is not a meditation teacher per se, but he's passionate about the power of including silence and meditation or prayer in your morning routine. And he's developed a powerful morning routine called the Miracle Morning, and it's become nothing short of a movement. He's affected countless people with his best-selling book and his insights on morning routines. And even though I've been getting up very early in the morning for decades now, this book helped me take it to a completely new level. So In this interview, we talk about that and Hal tells the extraordinary story of how he died and came back to life and how that eventually led to his book. It's a great interview and I think you're going to love it. Hal is like a lightning bolt of energy and enthusiasm for life and growth and health and, and thriving. And he shares a lot of really great resources in this episode. And just a quick note before we jump in, I mentioned in this show that I'm publishing a book on meditation in the fall, on how to turn meditation into a daily habit. But just a quick note, in fact, I'm not publishing it in the fall. I will be publishing that. We will be publishing that in the spring. However, we will be offering a course on how to create a meditation habit this January, right after the new year. And we'll have a free meditation challenge event leading up to that. So stay tuned and I'll keep you posted. Make sure you're on our email list to stay notified about that. You can sign up over at aboutmeditation.com. But really the main point is that Hal was a big inspiration for me in terms of writing the first draft of that book and creating this course on habits. So let's jump in and meet best-selling author, Hal Elrod. Hal, it's so great to have you on the show. Welcome. Morgan, I'm fired up, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of your work, man. Your your book has had a very big effect on me. It's had a significant impact on my life, also on my on my wife's life. The Miracle Morning, I loved it. First of all, I just want to thank you for writing that book. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. 
Um, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I don't know if this is the same with all authors, but when you're writing a book, you spend so much time with it, you kind of lose sight of if it's even good, yeah. you know, so it, it's neat to, it's just so neat to hear people, uh, how it's changing so many lives when, you know, I, I always remember, I picture myself sitting on my couch, typing it, all the fear and self-doubt going, is anyone going to even read this? You oh know? man, so totally. It's, uh, it's pretty wild to, to see what it's become, but yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And, and well, your story, your personal story, it really hit me in the heart. And that is why I embraced your whole life savers process. And it's why I practice it still now every morning. I've been I've been meditating for over 20 years and wow. getting up early in the morning, that's never been an issue for me. Okay. But the way you put it together, it, that really did something for me very powerful. I love it. And I'm excited for my audience to hear about it, to get to know you. And I wanted to tell you, I've, I'm just finishing a book, writing a book right now. I'm going to be publishing it this fall. And I devote a chapter of it to your book and the effect that it had on me. Wow, so, man, I'm honored. Thank uh, you so much. Me too, and I'm pumped. And I want you to know that's that's the effect that it had. It really, it really had a huge effect. So I'd love to ask you about meditation and silence, but before we get into that, can you share your story with our audience? I'd love for them to really to hear your story and how it led to you writing The Miracle Morning. Yeah. So for me, the uh, you know, I never intended to be an author. The, yeah. I was actually a disc jockey. When I was 15 years old, I got my first radio show. I, I became known as Yo Pal Hal, mm. which uh, was my mom's clever nickname that she gave me. And uh, and yeah, so 15, I was a radio DJ. 19, I was a DJ on, on a bigger station. And at age 19, I found uh, a career in sales. I started selling Cutco kitchen knives. And within 10 days, I had broken this all-time company record and become one of the top salespeople in their company. Mm. Um, the, which by the way, was a huge departure from my entire childhood. Like the previous, you know, 18, 19 years that I had grown up, uh, I was very mediocre my whole life. And I think it's mm. important because I wasn't one of those, you know, we all know those people that are good at everything they do. Yeah. You know, they, they always have been, they were yeah. great athletes. They're so, they just say the right things. Like I was a total screw up my whole life. And then at 19, I was like, uh, you know, man, I, I gotta take, you know, I gotta start taking things seriously. And so uh, I went in uh, that sales career a year and a half later, uh, one of the top reps in the company, I was asked to give a speech at a conference and I gave a speech that night driving home was my first, what I call rock bottom in my life. And, and we've all had rock bottoms. I define that as those moments of adversity that really test us. It's, it's, it's where life becomes more difficult. Uh, we encounter a challenge that, 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 causes us to question our ability, our will, our resolve, whether or not we can handle it. And the first of those was uh, I was driving home after I gave that speech at, at age, I was 20 at that time, and a drunk driver got on the freeway heading the wrong way and crashed into my car head on at 70 miles per hour mm. and sent my car spinning into oncoming traffic. And, and Morgan, the worst was actually yet to come. My car spun sideways off this drunk driver that I hit head on and the car behind me Without even having time to break, there were just a few car lengths behind me doing 70 miles an hour. My car spins sideways right in front of them, and they crashed into my door at 70 miles an hour. Mm. 
Mm. Um, and the, you know, if, if anybody right now, if you're listening, just look over your left shoulder and imagine that you're sitting in your car and a car is coming at you at 70 miles an hour and crashes into your door. Uh. Um, that's what happened. I mean, what you might imagine happening, the entire left side of my car crushed into the left side of my body and I broke 11 bones instantaneously. Mm. My femur broke in two pieces. My arm broke in half. Uh, my elbow was shattered. I broke my pelvis in three places on and on and on punctured my lung, ruptured my spleen, almost completely severed my ear. And uh, I, I started losing a lot of blood, uh, unable to withstand the pain. I'm very thankful. I was immediately in a coma. And uh, six minutes after, after I, I died, essentially for six minutes without a heartbeat, I was revived by the paramedics. They rushed me to the hospital. I was in a coma for six days, underwent surgery, came out of the coma, was told I would never walk again. And which never easy news, you know, to hear. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just decided, you know, I told my parents, I said, look, uh, there's only one of two possibilities. Number one, the doctors are right and I'll never walk again. And I said, and I've already accepted that that could happen. And therefore, if it does happen, I decided I'll be the happiest person you've ever seen in a wheelchair. Hmm. I said, because I can't change that I was in an accident. I can't change you know, that outcome, if it happens, it happens, but I can choose to be the happiest, most grateful person I've ever been in my life while I'm in a wheelchair versus being miserable and a victim and all of those things. I said, so possibly number one is, is that worst case scenario and I've accepted it. So I'm not afraid of it. I have no, it has no power over me. Right. I said, but the second possibility, mom and dad is I will walk again. And the doctors might be experts in medicine, but they're not experts in me. And I'm committed to that possibility until proven otherwise. I said, my energy is not going into what I'm afraid of, the whole not walking again. All of my energy is going into what I want. So I've accepted the worst, but I'm expecting the best. I visualize walking. I think about it. I dream about it. I pray about it. I dwell on that. And I think that's such an important lesson for us to accept the worst case scenario and, and not worry about it or, or put energy into being afraid of it, accept it, be at peace with what could go wrong, and then put all our energy into what could go right and how mm. we can how we can make it go right. And yeah. so to wrap up the story, three weeks after the crash, two weeks after I came out of the coma and was told I'd never walk again, the doctors came in with routine x-rays and they said, we don't know how to explain this, but your body is healing like you know, miraculously, I don't know what they said, but fast. And we're going to let you take your first step tomorrow in therapy. So it went from never walking again to tomorrow, you know, like three weeks yeah. later. And, and then kind of the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. That's oh, phenomenal. So then how did that, from, from that moment, how did that lead to your book? So, so that actually led to my first book. Six years later, I, I wrote and published "Taking Life Head On." Yeah, um, which uh, which actually is, I mean, it's it, people. It's got the highest ratings of any book I've written on Amazon. You know, yeah. um, but uh, but that was that was about you know the story and kind of the, the really empowerful powerful life lessons I, I learned, so that anyone uh, you know that wanted to be happier and more successful and overcome adversity kind of how could they apply what I what I did and so fast forward another you know a few years and that's when the uh, the US economy crashed in 2007 and that's where my second rock bottom kind of came to be and surprisingly Morgan it was it was actually more difficult than the first one hmm. and whenever I say that I get funny looks because people are like dude you died like, yeah what, exactly what, 
what's lower than that, right? Yeah. And so, but 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 in all honesty, I um, when the U.S. economy crashed, uh, I at that time I had hit Hall of Fame with my company and moved on. So I was I had achieved that kind of milestone, and then I I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I want to start my own business, so I started a coaching, you know, success coaching business. Mm-hmm. I wrote my first book and I launched my speaking career as a keynote speaker. And life was going really well. I I just bought my first brand new house. And when the economy crashed, I kind of, you know, my business crashed with it. I lost over half my clients, lost my income, lost my house, couldn't Mm. afford to pay the mortgage, went from being like debt free on my credit cards, you know, very like I was a Dave Ramsey kind of, you know, you know, charge more than you can afford student to um, in six months after the economy started crashing, I I had a $53,000 credit card balance on my personal credit card. Wow. And it was just because I couldn't pay the bills, you know. And so as a result of so much fear and uncertainty uh, and, and worry, I, I got deeply depressed for really the first time in my life. Yeah. And that's, that was the rock bottom. And it was six months of this downward spiral. I stopped exercising. I was physically in the worst shape of my life. And I called my good buddy, John Berghoff, because I didn't tell anybody. So Morgan, one thing to understand is I was a quote, in quote, success coach. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, like my identity was around helping people be successful. And I'm like, it, the fact that I couldn't make myself successful freaked me out. Mm. You know, it was the first time since I had started, you know, my career six, no, seven, eight years ago uh, or before that, that I, that I had hit that, like I couldn't figure it out. And so, yeah. um, long story short, I, I told John what was going on and I asked him for the best business advice he could give me. And I was very disappointed when he responded by saying, are you exercising every day, Hal? And I Interesting, go, yeah. I go, no, but what the hell does that have to do with anything I just told you? Hmm. And he said, Hal, if you're not exercising every day, you're not putting yourself in a peak physical, mental, and emotional state so that you can solve your problems. He goes, if I were you, there's two things I would do that I believe are going to be the key to you turning your life around. And he said, number one, every morning, go for a run. And I said, John, I hate running. What else could I do? He goes, well, what do you hate worse, running or your circumstance that you just described? <laughs> and I said, F you, buddy. Okay, I'll go for a run. Yeah. And he said, number two, while you're on that run and you're in that peak state, listen to an audiobook on business, on mm. getting clients, on growing revenue, whatever you need, whatever you need to turn around or improve. And he said, then go home and apply what you learn. He goes, that's it. Two things. Go for a run every morning. Listen to an audiobook on the topic that you're trying to improve and then go home and execute and implement while you're in that peak state from the run. So I was resistant. I was like, I don't want to run. The next morning I went for a run and two minutes into the run, I heard a quote from Jim Rohn that changed my entire life faster than I ever thought possible. In fact, that's the catalyst for the miracle morning. And I'll share it because I, I think it's worth writing down for anybody listening. Jim Rohn said, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. Mm. because success is something you attract by the person you become. Mm. And in that moment, it hit me. And I think that this is true for not just me in that moment, but every, you know, almost every person on the planet listening. We all want level 10 success in every area of our lives. We want yeah. level 10 finances, health, fitness, happiness, relationships. But if our level of personal development is not at a level 10, which for very few people, it's not even close. It's like, a for me, it was like a two or three, right? right? And that's the disconnect. You want level 10 success, but you're a level two or three person, right? I shouldn't say you, we, 
And that's the disconnect. You've got to become a level 10 person. Mm. And once you become a level 10 person, level 10 success is easy for you. And so that was my epiphany. I thought, I'm going to go home. I'm going to study what the world's most successful people do every day for personal development. I'm going to start doing that, and I'm going to see what happens. And after an hour of researching the best personal development practices known to man, I was looking for one, like the, the, the best one. And I, I could not narrow it down to less than this list of six that I had. Yeah. It depends on which person you ask, right? One millionaire, one billionaire, one CEO would say this, one would say that. One, and these six kept coming like the common themes. And that's when it hit me. I thought, what if I woke up tomorrow morning and rather than do one or two of these, what if I did all of them? What if I did the six most proven personal development practices known to man in one hour and I did all of <laughs> and I woke up the next morning. I, did all I the love it. And that was the morning my entire life changed because the way that I felt at 6 a.m. the next morning after I did all six of these, I didn't feel depressed anymore. Even though my life was still a mess on the outside, on the inside, I felt unstoppable. And I thought if I do this every day, if I start my day every day like this at a level 10, it's only a matter of time before my outer world reflects my inner world. And yeah. I'll wrap the story up with this. It was less than two months that I more than doubled my income. I went from being in the worst shape of my life to, to, to I was so fired up. I thought, how could I really challenge myself at a level 10 physically? And I had never run more than a mile in my life. I thought, I'm going to train for and run a 52-mile ultra marathon. Nice. And, and I did it, and I completed it. And then I went from being deeply depressed to it didn't take two months. That was the first day I did the Miracle Morning, and I hear reports of this all the time. My depression was gone. You know, and so that's why, it, again, that's where it was. I called it the miracle morning, not on day one, not on day 10, not on day 20, but right around day 60 when I, I reflected back and I went, dude, this morning ritual changed my life so fast. It feels like a miracle. And yeah. the rest is history. That's awesome. I mean, it, it really, well, one, thanks. That That's a beautiful story. I love it. And I had a very similar experience when I read your book. I and I've I've talked about this on this podcast before, so some people have heard it. But I was able, after implementing your lifesavers routine, I was able to s suddenly enact a whole sort of retinue of new habits that I hadn't had before. I was a, a as devotedly inconsistent guitar player. Suddenly, I was practicing thirty minutes every morning. I was losing weight. I added an hour or two of walking every day because I already exercised, I already meditated. But then I added the reading and I added the affirmations. And the miraculous thing about it was the ease in which I was able to stack the habits. And yeah. that, that was like, that floored me, the habit stacking. And then the kind of almost effortless quality. And, and I think you really tapped into something by tying it to your morning routine. There's something amazingly powerful about that. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I appreciate that. And I, and I think that you're right. You know, the, the, the concept of habit stacking, I, I, I had never heard of that until uh, S.J. Scott wrote mm -hmm. a book on habit something. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm forgetting the name. S.J. Scott, uh, yeah, he wrote a great book on habits. It's one of the most popular books on habits, I think, on Amazon. And he, called, he talked about habit stacking. That's where I first heard of it. And it wasn't until, you know, the, the, his book came out like two years after mine. Yeah. And so I was like, I go, oh, that make like it just kind of was like, oh, that's what I did. I didn't know yeah. I was doing it, but that that's you know, that's what I did, right? Put these habits yeah. all 
all in one place. And if you don't mind, uh, Morgan, I would love to share something about. Uh, did you see anything I posted about Robert Kiyosaki? No. You know who Robert Kiyosaki is? I no, I don't know his work. You ever heard of the book Rich Dad Poor Dad? No. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to set you for failure there. <laughs> no problem. Rich Dad Poor Dad is the number one personal finance book of all time. It sold like four million copies, I think. Yeah. Um. So he's like a personal hero of mine, and he reached out to me uh, a few months ago and said he had read The Miracle Morning three times. It completely changed his life, and he does it every day now. And what he said, this is what he said about the savers. He said, "What Hal? I'm reading it. What Hal has done with his acronym Savers is taken the best practices." developed over centuries of human conscious development and condensed the best of the best into a daily morning ritual, a ritual that is now part of my day. Many people do one of the savers daily. For example, many people do the E for exercise. Others do the S for silence or meditation. But until how package savers, no one was doing all six ancient best practices every morning. So I think that's kind of what makes the miracle morning the miracle, right? Is that, you know, almost every successful person on the planet does at least one of these. You know, yeah. and but but putting all six together, it's like you just really accelerate your personal development and you start to see results, uh, you know, results as a result of that. Yeah. Forget about it, man. It's it's a turbo charge. So I, that's awesome. And so I have a couple questions for you. Why silence? How did you land on that as the beginning of your morning routine? Yeah. So the, the research that I was doing, meditation came up over and over and over again. And, you know, I always share this with people. I said, you know, that, that don't meditate. I say, you know, I, I always thought meditation was a spiritual practice, which not that it's not. But then I started coming across the first thing I found was an article and it was something along the lines of um, Fortune 500 CEOs who swear by meditation, something like that. And I went, really, these Fortune 500 CEOs? And I read it and I'm like, wow, a lot of these people are doing it because of the physiological benefits, right? Mm-hmm. What it does for their mm-hmm. mind not just their, you know, their, their, their connection to source or whatever. Right. So I was like, wow. And then I, and then what really got me is uh, Ray Dalio, who is a billionaire. He is one of the, uh, actually the most successful hedge fund manager in the world. He said that meditation was the number one key to his financial success, Hmm. right? Not his spiritual success, financial. So I mean, that was where I really, because I'm a results oriented person. And that's one thing about the savers, I think that make it kind of unique is each of these practices are very practical and results oriented. So yeah, so once I, I read those few things about meditation and I thought, man, this is something I've got to incorporate into my life. And so meditation was one of the six on that list. And it evolved when I was writing the book. I, I want, uh, you know, M-A-V-E-R-J for journaling. That was the original six practices. And Maverja didn't make a very good acronym. No. So my brilliant wife was like, why don't you get a thesaurus and see if I'm like, oh, you're brilliant. So that's where I came up with silence. And I actually really like that it's silence and not meditation because a lot of people like to pray during their period of silence, yeah. right? And so prayer is one option for me and most people. You know, I think it's, it's they do a combination of meditation and prayer. Um, but yeah, but that's where I came up with with meditation is just realizing that there's so many successful people do it and swear by it, uh, and I had to give it a try. And once I did, I you know I never could go back. That's awesome. All right, so can you say a little bit about the relationship between meditation and goal setting. Why is the purposeful practice of silence important in relationship to achieving our goals? Yeah. I mean, for me, and I, I definitely wouldn't say I'm, I'm an expert in meditation. In fact, I forgot who it was. They, someone that I was studying on meditation, 
they were asked, how long did it take you to get, you know, feel like you were good at meditation? And he said, about 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> right? It doesn't stop. <laughs> you're proficient. Yeah. Um, and 30 years, he said, till I felt really good. But um, mm. anyway, so the point is, I've been doing it for, you know, what, five or six now. The, yeah. um, the, the essence of meditation to me is it, it's, it's about being, if I had to like describe it, you know, it's about, it's that only time of the day where I'm not thinking, not that I'm perfect. I mean, I still, thoughts are running through my head and I'm trying to kind of accept them and let them, you know, move, move on. Of, of but, course. Yeah. Um, but, but for me, like meditation is, is the ultimate, the ultimate connection with not just source, but with self, like who, who we are at the deepest level. So, so that for me is the kind of what makes it such a special practice is I'm like, wow, this is life. Life is about living. It's not about doing. It's not about having. It's about being. This is the essence of life. And that for me is what my meditation practice gives me. And then, of course, there are the physiological benefits of, you know, what it does by lowering your cortisol levels and lowering your stress as a result and, you know, all of those things. So, so that for me is what meditation does. And so currently, what, what kind of meditation practice are you doing? Um, I don't even know if you know, I've tried a lot of different types. I don't yeah. know if I even have a med the, the type now is sitting in silence. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, like I really don't, I don't have a label for it. Um, I will share uh, one type of meditation that is, is not, I don't know if it's necessarily uh, popular. Yeah. Have you heard of Michael Ellsberg practice that he calls immersive awareness? Uh No. So um, everybody listening, uh, including including you, Morgan, I encourage you to try this. So if you go the, the web, if you just Google um, Michael Ellsberg, E-L-L-S-B-E-R-G meditation. So Michael Ellsberg meditation. It's the first one that pops up. It's called immersive awareness. And he actually created it. It's really interesting. It. Most meditations, kind of the point of it is to clear your mind, right? To be free mm -hmm. from thought. Immersive awareness is where he has you do the exact opposite. He has you layer every single one of your senses and try to experience all of them in harmony, like an orchestra with many instruments playing at the same time. So he has you try to focus on your thoughts, the sounds you hear, the feelings you have, right? Like, he has you try to focus on all of it simultaneously. Yeah. And it's really interesting. So it's, it's a really different different technique. And I've tried that a few times. I haven't done it in a while. It's, you know, I kind of go through phases where I do something for a few months and then switch it up. So yeah, right now it's a very basic kind of just being in silence. And yes. uh, but, but that immersive awareness is, and in fact, now that I'm sharing it with you, I'll probably go back and, and get back to doing it for a while here. Well, I know the practice. I don't know it as immersive awareness, but that that is a practice I've done and I can speak for it. I love it. It's a beautiful practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I believe at a certain point I was listening to one of your podcasts and you said that you, at a certain point you started to do longer periods of meditation. Is that right? And if so, why? Yeah. So I've, uh, I've gone through my meditation is probably shorter now. Yeah. I mean, my, my nature is I want, I'm a results oriented person. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. So for me, I'm like, I, I, I feel, I, I honestly feel the most fulfilled and, and it, it might even be masking fulfillment now that I'm saying, I mean, who knows, I might be lying to myself, but I feel fulfilled <laughs> when I'm moving toward my predetermined goals, you know, yes, and, yes. and I'm contributing to the world and society and creating and right. I'm, an, I'm a creator. Um, so meditation, you know, uh, I, I, I value it, 
but I also don't do it for an extended period of time right now. Um, I think that when I, uh, I do think that when I get to a certain place in my life, which I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to, kind of where like, I don't need to create for money, right? Yeah. I'm creating to create. I yeah. think that I will go through periods where, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do a spiritual, you know, like I've never done like a meditation retreat where I meditate for a week straight. You know, I really, it's something I want to do. Yeah. Um, but, you would love, uh, yeah. you would love that. Yeah. 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 And I know, yeah, I know it's, and it, again, it, it'd be, I'm real all over the place. So, yeah. and I'm results oriented. So it's exactly like, whenever yeah. someone tells me I've tried meditating, it's, it's just too difficult for me. I'm like, dude, that's exactly why you need to meditate. Like you <laughs> commit. It's not supposed yeah. to be easy. Like if you quit everything that's difficult, you'll never do anything, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, but, but for me, I did go through a period where I would, I extended the meditation to, and it wasn't long, long, but I went from like five minutes to 10 to 15 to 20 to 30. Um, and that's was, what I remember you talking about. Yeah. It was just to see how kind of how deep I could go, yeah. you know? Um, and, uh, and, and it was, you know, that, that is really, and you know, I think it's like that kind of the 20 minute mark where you start to reach a different level of yeah. consciousness. Yes. Um, you know, so, so, so yeah, so that, that for me is, uh, is where I've, I've been experimented. I enjoyed it. I loved it. And then just because I'm so results oriented, I've scaled it back to a, a shorter practice. Yeah. That's cool. And ha have you ever had, did Anama and Noam kind of just focusing on the, in, no, that's on fine, dude. Yeah, one part. All right, cool. But then did you ever have, did you ever have a coach with meditation or did you just follow your instincts? I have never had a meditation coach. It's all been kind of just self-taught. Yeah. Which I think most people it's that way. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I always tell people like when I'm, when I'm on a, you know, when I'm talking to people about like the miracle morning and the lifesavers and yeah, I usually tell them, start with a go daddy. Where did I just say go? <laughs> guided. Yes. Guided. I was on GoDaddy earlier today. That's fine. Um, right. So yes. the, uh, a guided meditation, you know, I, so I always tell people like start, start with a meditation app or whatever. Um, are you familiar with, um, vision Lakshani? No. Uh, the, uh, what's it called? Um, the six phase meditation. Have you tried that? I no, no, I haven't. So go to, here's another great one. And this is my favorite guided meditation. And the cool part is, uh, it's a 23 minute guided meditation or 21 minute. Uh, if you go to YouTube and you just mm. search six minute, uh, med si oh, sorry, six phase meditation. It's the six phase meditation. It's free on YouTube. Um, nice. but, but it, what it's cool is I think three or four minutes, one of those six phases is visualization. So it is really cool that kind of you're killing two birds with one stone and getting your visualization in there. Yes. Um, but, uh, uh, what was your question? I forgot where I was going with that. I think I had asked you about a coach or following oh, instincts. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Just all, all on my own. All self-taught. I'm big on coaching, but that's one area that I have not now. Um, by the way, I will say, uh, I, uh, I did bring a world renowned mindfulness. I don't know. I guess you'd call her a trainer uh, yeah. into my, my first live event last year. Best year ever blueprint is my live event. I brought yeah. her in to do an hour long session and I had never heard anything from her. It was from my, close friend and business partner. In fact, he's the guy that, that told me to go on the run that led the miracle morning. Yes. Um, she was his mindfulness coach and he swore by her. Mm. So, um, so I do, I do know, and her name is Juliana Ray. If anybody's looking for a mindfulness coach and, you know, wants to look her up, Juliana Ray, R A Y E. But, uh, uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I've, I've heard great things about a meditation coach or mindfulness coach, but I, I personally have yet to use one. Yeah. And also everyone, I, 
all these references Hal is making, I will link these up in the show notes. So don't worry about it. That cool. that's awesome. So Hal, what what books have you read lately that inspired you or that have really had a deep impact on you? Um, so one of my favorite books, uh, financially speak, like like as far as like a, a book on if you want to build wealth, hmm. um, is it's called The Millionaire Fast Lane. And it's kind of like a cult classic and that like it's kind of underground. It was self-published, you know, but it's got like 842 reviews on Amazon. You know, it's pretty popular. Wow. Yeah. Um, but The Millionaire Fast Lane by MJ DeMarco is one of my favorite books on financial things. Um, another book that I really like that's also kind of, you know, a little under the radar, uh, but but has great reviews, but again, self-published, you know. In fact, I'm self-published, so I tend to promote other self-published authors. Yes. Um, the uh uh, it's called Vision to Reality by Honoré Corder. Vision mm. to Reality, and I mean, it's you know, it, it, the, the title very much tells you what you know how to turn your vision into reality. But it's a really, it's a, it's a relatively short read, and it's kind of a perfect complement to the Miracle Morning, in that the Miracle Morning uh, is how to start your day, and Vision to Reality is like, okay, now what do you do the rest of your day to turn your vision, you know, yeah, into your reality? So they they, they go together very well. So those are, those are a couple that I've really liked. That that's awesome. So for people who are new to meditation, before we wrap up the show, and for people who are new to meditation, might be starting out, and you know, even have read your book, can you offer some tips or words of advice? Yeah, the just get start set a timer for five minutes if you want. I mean, you know, if if you want to start really the short amount of time. And just sit there in silence, right? Like that's the biggest thing is you've got to give up being perfect for being authentic. Don't try to be perfect in your meditation. Be authentic. If you're new and you're a newbie and you have no experience, you're going to suck at it. You know what I mean? Like like, the first day I did the Miracle Morning, I sucked at all of it. But it was still life-changing because I did it. You know, most people wait to do something until they feel like they're totally proficient at it. And successful people they don't wait they just do it they suck at it and then they suck a little less every day <laughs> you know yeah right that, i love easy. that i've never i've never said that before but there's my new success tip like just get started and suck it up and then just suck a little less every day until you don't suck anymore right that's like the key to success you know beautiful so um anyway uh that, yeah that's, so that, that, that's my tip just get started five minutes in silence and if you're you know don't it's not thoughts aren't supposed to be gone people are like oh i can't quiet my mind thoughts keep coming in it's not about how it's just like anything in life it's not what happens it's how you respond to what happens right that's like the greatest lesson in life totally it's not, it's not how you, it's how you respond so same thing with meditation it's not how many thoughts come into your mind it's how at peace are you with hey i'm thinking about sex right now and i'm trying to meditate and get spiritual right like yeah you know i'm thinking about inappropriate things right now got you know don't don't judge yourself just be at peace let the thought pass and and just keep sitting there until the timer goes off that's awesome so that's fantastic Hal. and can you take us across the line here can you share a little bit about what's happening with you upcoming projects things you're excited about in your own work oh yeah man the answer is too many project you know, like, I bet I've got I have so many things going on it's uh it's it's out of control but in, in a good way I'm like I'm grateful for all of it um good. so quick things number one is the miracle morning is my passion in life it, when I when I say the miracle morning not just doing it but I mean sharing it my mission in life is to change millions of lives one miracle morning at a time and that's the number one mission of anything well 
my personal mission is to be the best dad and husband I can be. That's my number one thing. Amen. Uh, my, 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 my very close second and, and my number one professional mission is, is to reach people with the miracle morning because nothing I've ever seen or, or well, nothing I've ever done or contributed to society has ever impacted people so deeply and profoundly. Mm. Um, so, so that's the first thing. Um, the, uh, and then beyond that, my, my, we're doing my next live event, the best year ever blueprint. I'm right now I'm really working on planning the announcements and we're the, the website's finishing up for that. It's best year ever blueprint.com. If you want to join, you know, 300 like-minded, motivated, inspired people in San Diego in December to, uh, reflect on and extract the value from the year that you just had and then plan the best 2016 you could ever imagine. Uh, love for you to join us in San Diego. Um, and then last but not least, I just I invite everybody, join the Miracle Morning community on Facebook. We have over nine, it's a Facebook group that started out with, you know, me and a few people, and we have over 19,000 members now, and over 100 people join every day from around the world. And kind of like the event, just like-minded, positive, encouraging, supportive people. It's just a really, really, really neat community. So before you even buy the book or read the book or whatever, you can join the community on Facebook for free. And if you want to get the book, Amazon is the best place to do that. Or if you're an Apple user, you can um, get it on iBooks. Awesome. And you, I seem to recall you have a new book coming out, right? Yeah. So every few months, it seems like I... Uh, so the Miracle Morning, um, because of the success of it, I had a friend reach out to me, and he, he's a salesperson, and he said, Hal, have you thought about writing the Miracle Morning for salespeople? This is something that every salesperson should be doing. And uh, and then I had people reach out, go, have you thought about doing the Miracle Morning for couples? This is something every couple should be doing. Mm. I mean, you name it, right? Literally, teachers, students, teenagers. So right now, the Miracle Morning for salespeople just came out uh, last month yeah in july um and i mean so far it's got like 54 reviews and 54 fantastic five stars people are really loving it so um you know we'll probably eventually do the miracle morning for meditation i mean you know i mean we we really are i, I want to reach a million people so that that's that's uh you know part of it is finding how to customize the miracle morning for each type of person and profession and you know age range and all of that beautiful all right so where how can folks learn more about your work, buy your book, and connect with you. Besides Amazon, I'm, I'm assuming, obviously, that you mentioned that. Yeah, Amazon, if you want to get the you know um, paperback, audiobook, Kindle, Amazon's the best place to do that. Um, and if you want to connect with me per, you know, directly, uh, my website, halelrod.com, H-A-L-E-L-R-O-D, and you can contact me there, send me a note, uh, or whatever. Fantastic. Hal, thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure and I loved having you here on the show. My pleasure, Morgan, man. Again, it's, it's an honor. I appreciate you bringing me on and anyone that's listening, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it and I hope you got some value today and uh, hopefully I will see you, uh, including you, Morgan, in the Miracle Morning uh, Community Facebook group. I'm in there, baby. Awesome, brother. Take care. Thanks, Hal. So I hope you enjoyed my interview with the irrepressible Hal Elrod. If you want to connect with Hal, head on over to the show notes at aboutmeditation.com slash podcast. And also, Hal mentioned at a certain point in the interview, the mindfulness teacher, Juliana Ray. And I wanted to let you know, I interviewed her for this podcast on episode 28. 
And if you enjoyed this show, I think you'll definitely enjoy that one. I recommend you go check it out. Episode 28, Juliana is amazing. She's got an incredible depth of both experience and insight and tips to share with you. There's also, I wanted to mention, and this will also be in the show notes, in an earlier episode of this podcast, I shared my experience of the impact of Hal's book. And that episode is How to Turn Meditation into a Keystone Habit, episode number eight. Also one that I highly recommend you go check out. So also, if you enjoyed today's show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a star rating and a review. You can do that by going to aboutmeditation.com forward slash iTunes. It's a huge help and it's the best way to help other meditators discover the show and I would love to hear what you think. I read all your feedback and, and I appreciate it so much. I also recommend that you pick up our free series of Meditation for Life guided meditations and our three-part meditation seminar, you can pick those up for free over at aboutmeditation.com. And finally, let's end with a quote. And today, we'll end with another quote from Jim Rohn, who Hal mentioned. And this one is from his wonderful little book called The Seasons of Life, where he says, Be grateful for adversity for it forces the human spirit to grow. For surely the human character is formed not in the absence of difficulty, but in our response to difficulty.